0: Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show we have Arundhati Balachandran, Director of Customer Success at Chargebee. In today's episode, we discussed about the role of Chargebee's customer success team in enabling expansion revenue, the specialization within the team, and the importance of cross-team collaboration in fighting churn. We also dived deep into how data plays a role in deciding customer touchpoints, the customer onboarding process within Chargebee, and Arundhati's one piece of advice for any company battling with churn. And here's today's episode. Hi, Arundhati. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Glad to be here.
0: It's really it's a pleasure having you today. For the listeners, uh, Arundhati is the Director of Customer Success at Chargebee. And they help thousands of businesses to streamline their subscription billing operations. Prior to Chargebee, Arundhati served as Head of Business Development for Kiran Global and was the Founder and CEO of Urban Trust. So, my first question for you, Arundhati... What does customer success mean to you at Chargebee?
1: So customer success for me at Chargebee, uh, uh, it's basically three pillars uh, that I track uh, in terms of making it a successful function within Chargebee. Uh, One is engagement uh, and customer experience, uh, then retention and uh, expansion. So these are the three focus areas uh, in uh, customer success that we are truly focusing on in Chargebee.
0: Okay, and how long has the customer success team been going? Uh, what is its like main area of focus at the moment?
1: Great. So uh, I took on customer success in B in the beginning of 2019, and back then it was a few months old. So let's it be safe to say that we are about two years old uh, in an eight-year-old company.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Um, and then so currently, like, so two years you've taken on. Now you've been running it for about a year, like. What has been some of the main things that you really wanted to get and uh, implement at uh, Chargebee when it came to custom success?
1: Got it. So when I took on the team, right, we had about uh, four to five CSMs uh, uh, handling ca- enterprise customers and, uh, 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 you know, it was, a, it was just about 20% of all our customers. So one of the things that I wanted to immediately do was, um, you know, segment our customers in such a way that some of them got high touch engagement and the others uh, at least had touch through automations or some sort of a mid-touch, right, in between. So yeah. that's one thing that I did uh, initially. And the second was um, churn was quite misunderstood across the organization because everybody freaked out, right? When there's a churn and then, but nobody really understood why and uh, the trends around it. So one of the things we did was every time a customer churned, we started doing exit interviews just as you would to any employee leaving your organization and uh, trying to understand the reasons behind why they were leaving Chargebee. And that was the start of building our data uh, for churn. Um, So these are the two things that I did immediately as soon as I got in. And one other thing that we did was bring in a customer success tool. Uh, We use churn zero um, and uh, it's been really, really helpful in terms of setting up, um, you know, automations, uh, flagging high risk accounts uh, and uh, setting up health scores. So uh, a tool was absolutely necessary with the way we're going to scale, because like I said, we were five in the beginning and now in one year we are 23
0: oh wow so you 've seen some rapid growth uh, then in the team as well uh, absolutely it's interesting so you said you started out customer success, just five reps focused on enterprise and then slowly now, like you 're trying to introduce uh, different segmentation so mm-hmm. you're looking at you have a different combination then of sort of high touch and low touch. Uh, how did you go about sort of deciding? on like, what are the thresholds for this high and low touch uh, models? And then how do you segment and how does the team function between those different uh, operations?
1: Absolutely. So we have four roles within the org. Uh, I think uh, one of them is we have customer success managers for enterprise accounts, and then we have slightly uh, more junior customer success managers for our SMBs. And uh, the SMBs uh, have more, uh, you know, uh, depending on their growth. So, ChargeB is unique in the sense that we serve both. Both SMBs and enterprise customers. So, uh, you know, as the as we uh, the customer enterprise customers require more uh, have more complex use cases, which means they need a more high touch engagement, um, and we automate it for the rest of the other folks where you know they're still growing. Uh, they want to automate their basics of billing, uh, subscription billing. Uh, so that's where it's more automated and uh, uh, mid touch.
0: Okay. And out of the 23 uh, in customer success now, is there, do you have specific areas of specialization over and above mm-hmm. sort of the difference between enterprise and SMB?
1: That's right. That's right. So we have, uh, so we have anywhere in terms of experience, we have uh, CSMs who are anywhere between 8 to 12 years of experience uh, serving uh, enterprise customers with a high touch engagement. And then we have uh, CSMs who are slightly more junior, where they're anywhere between three to eight years of experience taking care of our SMB customers. And uh, we also have account managers who take care of our uh, expansion, the ops team, uh, which is one of my most important uh, uh, initiatives uh, back in 2019, where we set up the ops team to make sure that everything, uh, they are responsible for processes, tools, uh, and reporting.
0: Okay. And that's interesting as well. You mentioned in terms of reporting, I think uh, for yourself coming across from sales, uh, where mm-hmm. typically you have really hard targets and clear goals and expectations when it comes to uh, metrics, I think customer success, at least for me, and uh, it's always been sort of like a tough one to crack in the terms of like, how do you measure success? Um, mm-hmm. What does success look like for you at Chargebee then within the customer success team? How are you measuring that?
1: Okay, that's a great question, because uh, it has been evolving, right, Andrew, because uh, one of the things that we do in sales, I was in sales before uh, success and sales ops was very, very important. Um, And uh, which is why I set up the ops team for customer success as soon as I got in. Having said that, I think... uh, one of the main metrics for us is, uh, uh, you know, the net retention rate. Uh, we want to make sure that we are expanding more than journey, right? Uh, and that's where the one of the, I think one of the key success metrics for customer success is. And that we figured that out by the end of uh, twenty nineteen. And the other uh, metric uh, that we look at is both, uh, 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 you know. Uh, churn rate, um, how are we doing? Because obviously, as the company keeps growing, the base, the revenue that you have is going to keep growing every year. So it makes, uh, when you compare churn this year versus the previous year, you want to uh, understand how that is in relation to the revenue that you're guarding right now. So, churn rate has been a better metric for us, as against the absolute numbers. so I think uh, net retention rate and uh, churn rate have been uh, important for us uh, from a metric perspective for the customer success function inside charge b yeah,
0: interesting, and it's interesting that you have like the net MR um, retention as a metric for customer success so just to understand it a little bit uh, within customer success, then you have customer success reps focusing on expansion. Would there would this not be sort of like a sales type role, or, or what would that look like in terms of like helping customers
1: uh, with expansion? Great question. So one of the things when we started off was CSMs were doing both engagement as well as uh, expansion, right? Where they're trying to upsell a customer from a, a lower plan to a higher plan. And uh, what we saw was that there was a conflict of interest in terms of what the primary focus is. Is it engagement or is it selling, right? So what we did was we brought in the account manager role uh, where the CSMs continue to engage and be the trusted advisors for the customers. And uh, the account managers are the ones that have uh, revenue targets and quotas and work with the CSMs uh, to negotiate pricing and get the customer on the next plan.
0: Okay. And then account managers, they sit in the sales team, and then you have this cross function working between each other or they sit within no. this? Right?
1: No, no, We have, we have account managers within the Suckle uh, initiatives. There are, that is one way to go about it, but we just didn't yeah. want any kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was an experiment and it worked out well. So we thought, why not have uh, a mini sales team within uh, it's more like a farming team in inside success.
0: Makes sense, because that was going to be one of my next questions. And as well, is like, how do you manage sort of this cross collaboration and communication to ensure <laughs> that the customer or the customer success rep and the account manager are aligned in terms of the goals and expectations of your customers?
1: Exactly. So what we do is uh, CSMs, uh, one of the things that uh, was a great experiment that we did was, uh, you know, set up KPIs uh, for CSMs uh, in terms of pipeline so they are engaging with customers they know which ones are growing and which one need to be on the higher plan and uh, they are we made them responsible to bring in the pipeline for the account managers and then they worked with the account account manager gets to qualify that pipeline and uh, sell to that particular customer so this makes uh, ensures that we have consistent pipeline month on month and we can easily plan and predict our expansion for the year this year
0: Okay, very nice. So, uh, essentially, it's then up to sort of the customer success manager to nurture and make sure that that customer is ready. And then when it is mm-hmm. ready, they're sort of feeding the pipeline uh, for the account managers. So, exactly. you mentioned then as well a little bit earlier about the uh, customer success ops team. And I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that sort of um what are the primary functions? Like, uh, How are they helping the team?
1: So, um, so one of the things, uh, the initial uh, initiatives that we took up uh, as part of the ops team was, uh, you know, the churn report, uh, which we publish every month. And um, uh, here what we did was, you know, categorizing churn as early churn and late churn. So uh, one of the things uh, that came across very clearly is early churn, that is anything within uh, three to six months from the customers gone live. uh, They have churned either because of uh, sales not bringing in the right ideal customer profile and qualification, or it was because of issues during onboarding and implementation. And the late churn was usually service related, product features um, and, uh, you know, uh, engagement or lack of engagement. Um, so we categorized that and then we started doing uh, voluntary and involuntary. Charge. That's something we don't have control over. Or is someone leaving because they're unhappy with Charge B as a product and went to one of our competitors? So this information was great and this report gave us all that information and we were able to figure out, okay, um, you know, we had this percentage of customers churning, which is avoidable uh, from a charge B perspective. And then this percentage of customers leaving us because, you know, they're no longer a subscription business or they're shutting down their business. And and that's something that we don't have to, we don't, we can't really control and give us a better focus on who are the kind of customers we should be focusing on from a retention perspective. So that's one thing. And the other thing that the ops team does is also after that, we set up an onboarding team within, uh, I know uh, in charge B and we track their success in terms of measuring onboarding time. Uh, how long does it take for a customer to onboard on charge B and uh, as well as what percentage of customers have onboarded every three months. So these are reports or something that the customer uh, success ops team does and gives us insights on. And we have been, continuously tweaking our uh, processes depending on these insights.
0: Very interesting. Um, and then, so the, the ops team then is really responsive as well for making sure you have tracking in place and the metrics to be able to measure success as well. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you mentioned as well uh, a little bit earlier in terms of like having a really robust and good data set from sales ops, you wanted to have the same sort of operation uh, mm-hmm. Up and running in customer success. What are some of the cool things that you're doing with data and customer success when it comes to uh, tackling churn and retention?
1: All right, this is my favorite part. Uh, I think with uh, sales, you know, we did a lot of uh, CRM, uh, pipeline prediction and closure prediction and sales cycle and the good stuff. Um, and in success, it's just that much more opportunity, right? Because we have sales, we have uh, engagement, and then we have retention to track. Um, so from a retention perspective, um, so one of the things we did was set up our customer success tool, Churn Zero. And, uh, and uh, with that uh, came a lot of automation, and the first thing we did was set up, uh, you know, automated reminders to our CSMs when a customer looks like it might might be a high-risk account. Um, so we looked at a lot of attributes to come up with the churn scores, also uh, where we tag these customers as red, amber, green, um, figuring out the leading indicators for a, a high-risk customer. So one of the things we saw that really worked was login activity. So, and Chargebee is a subscription billing tool, right? It's not a nice to have, it's a must have. So, which means a customer must be logging in every day and just accounting for weekends. Uh, you know, we said if someone is not logging in, in the last five days, then definitely mark them as a high risk. Right. Uh, And then uh, we also look at a lot of support tickets in the recent past um, and uh, a dip in their revenue uh, because we have that information. So these are some of the attributes and leading indicators that works well for us to model churn scores within Chargebee.
0: Okay. Uh, You said Chargebee is a service that you need to go into every day. Yep. Yep. It's a... Yeah, because you
1: need to know you got paid because it's a recurring billing tool, right? It's a billing, invoicing, subscription management tool. So it's a must-have. So it's like the spinal cord for every SaaS business. So this is definitely we see our customers logging in every day to check their uh, invoices and due and paid.
0: Okay. Uh, And then also in terms of reporting, um, you offer some functionality in terms of reporting as well, in terms of revenue and those sorts of things.
1: Yeah. Exactly, we have an uh, add-on reporting uh, a platform called Revenue Story, uh, that talks about all the SaaS metrics that you need to know.
0: Yeah, and then in terms of churn prediction then- By persona, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the churn prediction, you have specific variables that you've identified. Um, what is the team then doing uh, with that metric and with that prediction?
1: Got it. So one of the other things that we did as part of our attention effort, uh, Andrew was, uh, you know, sign up uh, with this tool called Intelligence, which gives us real-time news alerts on our customers. So say if someone is uh, raised funds, or if uh, you know there is an organization change in their C-level suite, and uh, or if they company was doing and the shutting down. So we get all these alerts that also feed into our, um, you know, uh, leading indicators and to our churn scores. So this churn score is one of the main um, uh, indicators of uh, churn prediction. And uh, and we have two, three models running parallelly to see which works out better. Uh, When there is a monthly uh, churn report published, we go back and see if our churn prediction was right uh, to keep tweaking that model. Right. So that's one of the main things that we do. The other thing that we do, which is qualitative is uh, the sentiment, right? Our customer sentiment can only be captured by the CSMs. And we ask them to, on a weekly basis, we have meetings where they tell us who their custom, who they think our customers that might, might not necessarily be very happy with us. And we give them more attention, um, but we also mark them as red, amber, green. So that along with our churn, churn scores gives us a good idea as to who might actually leave us in some time. So these are all, things that we're doing uh, to figure out uh, predict churn and we can we have been able to get a little closer from a q4 of 2019 perspective
0: okay and then the two metrics that you chose were like in sort of churn rate overall and the netting or retention how are you measuring your performance to get that how are you setting goals and targets for the team
1: got it so one of the things we've seen is uh in the is you know we've seen the trends in the last two years right uh, because Our function is still new, uh, but what we have, and B has also seen extreme growth in the last two years. So what we have done is we've looked at trends in the last two years where we also see seasonality. So one thing, one interesting thing was that uh, every time, uh, you know, there's great sales, there's also churn, right? And that's, uh, I mean, it's pretty logical. And uh, also we see that um, seasonality, uh, taking seasonality into account, we know that if this is this quarter is going to be a little bit lower churn than the next So we prepare for retention activities in that quarter, um, you know, and uh, uh, some of those uh, and also like nurturing the high risk customers a lot more and engaging with them, increasing product adoption. What we've noticed is the more uh, a customer uses Chargebee, the less likely they are to churn. So it's more, so figuring out that North Star metric is very, very important for every SaaS company to figure out what is that one metric that you can find uh, that correlates with churn.
0: All right. And then, so then you specifically, like for you is really daily active users that you're focusing on, and is that the main metric that you're trying to drive and ensure that you work towards?
1: So for us, it's just using Chargebee. So once they start processing on Chargebee, uh, you know, I know that they're going to stick with us. So it's basically, and that's, uh, and it's, it's, it's as simple as that, because we saw that, Uh, A large majority of our customers have not used Chargebee, have not prioritized their implementation or onboarding are the ones that are leaving us, which means we need to uh, give more focus, uh, focus more on the early stages of a customer.
0: Yeah. And then in terms of onboarding itself, then it, seems, it sounds like it's very, very important uh, for you and naturally as for, for most uh, subscription businesses. What are some of the things you're doing around onboarding that you think are unique or, or special?
1: So one of the unique things about Chargebee is our onboarding team is not within the customer success team. Um, so it's outside, it's, it's part of our implementation team, right? And that uh, team and uh, this customer success team work together uh, to onboard a customer. Um, so, one of the interesting things that we do here is, um, you know, as per the size of the customer and the integrations that they need along with ChargeBee and the amount of information that they need to migrate into ChargeBee, the onboarding time could be anything from, say, one month to six months or some even nine months if it's a larger customer. So, we've tried to figure out, uh, come, come up with metrics in terms of what should be an average onboarding time depending on the kind of configuration and implementation and then project managing that whole thing. And I think that is really, really key and uh, it's evolving and we're hoping that, I mean, it's been a year of figuring these things out. So this year is going to be more about scaling that and making sure that we, uh, uh, you know, are able to project manage onboarding really well
0: yeah i can see in your case as well specifically that it is quite a big big job to onboard a new uh, subscription mm-hmm. billing service specifically if Absolutely. you are working with existing companies and having to deal with sort of legacy code bases and uh, mm-hmm. billing management systems exactly um, so what does the typical onboarding like plan look like how many months is this are we talking uh to get it to be a customer up?
1: so that's the thing, so to be honest, uh, majority of our customers can onboard anywhere between one month to three months. Um, uh, it's that easy because Chargebee is a plug and play uh, solution um, and uh, pretty agile. Yeah, I would say anywhere between one and three months for majority of our customers.
0: Cool. Uh, so next question I wanted to ask you then is I'll to everyone on the show. And uh, it's, let's imagine a scenario now where you've joined a new company. And, um, churn and retention is not good at all. And you've been asked to turn things around and they asked, and they're looking to get results in the first 90 days. Uh-huh. What would be some of the things that you would do in those first 90 days to show some results?
1: Great. It's not too different from (laughs) what uh, the situation I was in a year ago, though our churn was not as bad as people thought it was. Um, So I think the first thing I would like to understand is uh, segment our customers is very segmentation of our customers is very important, Um, either by revenue, uh, you know, revenue to our company or their revenue or, uh, you know, the growth. Right, um, and uh, also the industry helps you need to figure out who your actual IC, ideal customer profile is and then figure out uh, segmentation based on that as well so keeping all this in mind I would segment my customers and see where the churn is maximum that's very very key um, and uh, once I do that I would also talk to all the customers to see who are churning or have cancelled uh, to make them talk and tell me why they've left which is what we did to understand why someone is leaving is it a product issue is it a service issue um, or is it that there is just no product market fit for the, customer, the company. So these are, I think, uh, uh, the first few things that I would do in the first 90 days. Um, and then get, get that feedback back to the leadership of the company, be it sales, product, uh, implementation, and customer success and support uh, to ensure that uh, uh, we are on, on right, right on track in terms of uh, we can course correct as we go. So I think every month having that uh, report and insights shared helps uh, an organization really well
0: for sure you need to have a really good solid understanding as well of where to focus uh, so you can drive and make mm-hmm. change right uh, all right so uh is there anything else uh, that comes to mind when you're thinking about a startup wanting to sort of get started tackling churn and retention uh what would be like something else that you would give as advice to a startup getting started now looking at the
1: problem Right. So one of the things uh, I would say is, you know, whether you're enterprise focused or SMB focused or you're a hybrid like Chargebee, right? One of the things is definitely uh, uh, primary focus for any customer success function should be retention, right? Um, uh, You know, sometimes one of the conflicts we have is we are also a revenue org uh, in the company. And, uh, uh, you know, as much as you want to, uh, you want your customers to grow, they're not going to grow unless they're happy with you. So um, I think uh, engagement, uh, segmentation, and engagement—figuring out who needs more high-touch and hand-holding—and um, uh, uh, because if you have never nurtured a customer, and then when they're when you're trying to retain them, is going to be much harder uh, than if you actually did spend time getting them to use your product and nurturing them and keeping sure that they're happy. Uh, NPS scores are a great way to figure out if a customer is happy or not. And we've been able to uh, get some sentiment, capture that sentiment through NPS scores. Um, so, and uh, and passing it on to product if it's a product related uh, pro issue for NPS. So, these are all things that I would mostly focus on engagement and nurturing as a first step, as a primary focus. And then, uh, you know, retention becomes a lot more easier. And definitely invest in a ops team. It's a success because uh, these guys just do their magic in terms of. Reporting and insights and it gives you so much more uh, uh, help in terms of strategizing what you want to do and course correct for the next quarter and not having to wait for until the end of the year. So yeah, those are the things that I would, uh, you know, uh, do. uh, I would uh, ask any startup to do initially.
0: Nice. And maybe just the last question then uh, for the day is you mentioned as well about this ops team now Mm -hmm. quite a bit and to have a good uh, operations in place for metrics and tracking. How does... Mm -hmm. Your team deal with sort of the focus on if the two metrics you're looking at is churn and net tomorrow retention, the influence that other teams in the company have on those metrics too. Uh, so obviously it's an output metric and it's made up of multiple different inputs, uh, a lot of which is probably outside of your control and customer success. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about sort of dealing with uh, that and uh, the team's focus and goals that you set?
1: Great question. So one of the things, Andrew, is, see, uh, for net retention rate, for example, it's uh, it's churn and expansion, right? It's net uh uh, net of that. So uh, what we do is from a, from a customer success team's perspective, we have KPIs around revenue impact, which is retention and expansion, right? Um, if it's CSMs, it's the pipeline and retention. If it's the account managers, it's the quota where it's expanding more than churn. Every week, we have a weekly meeting with the team to see where we are in terms of churn for that month and where we are in terms of expansion for that month. And we want to make sure that we are expanding at a faster rate than churning so that is from within the internal uh, internally within the success team um, but when you ask me from an organization perspective i think it's very important to educate all the gtm teams first and even product for that matter uh, in terms of what net retention rate is and uh, it, it has to be driven top down right you need the founders need to buy into that and the investors need to uh, definitely look at it so i think Uh, We need to educate the entire uh, organization in terms of why that metric is so important because that's the health of the organization. Most of the customer success metrics are are org-level metrics. And I think it's important for everyone to understand these two key metrics that we are tracking.
0: Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a subscription business. And if you're Mm -hmm. using subscribers, you don't have a business. So it's definitely very very critical that everybody buys into it from top down and uh, there's a good understanding and education around it within the organization cool well anandati it's been a pleasure having you today uh really really appreciate your time is there anything you want to leave uh, the listeners with uh, how can they keep up to date with the work that you're doing
1: thank you so much Andrew. It's a pleasure for me as well um so one thing i would say is uh you know um I've been in sales in SaaS and uh, customer success uh, has given me more, if I can say that, in terms of the, dyna- the dynamic nature of the function because, you know, uh, we are response, we have a revenue, we are a revenue org responsible to bring in an expansion and yet the gatekeepers of churn. So we play different roles, don different hats, and it's very, very important to know when to play which role and prioritize our customers. So I think customer centricity should be your top goal and everything uh, follows that. So that's what I would leave the listeners with.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, that's it then for today, It's been a pleasure having you, like I said, and uh, wish you best of luck now going forward into 2020. Looking forward to hearing some great results from you this year.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited about this year.
0: And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you, and you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.